it's not idea is not just to defeat Trump. You have to defeat Trumpism. You have to defeat the idea that the United States of America is a place and not an idea. Welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. A short episode for you today. Going to be trying to at least start to answer the question, is America a place or an idea or something else? Uh, and, and you may think, why, why do I care? Um, and I'm going to try to convince you why you should care <laughs> about that. Uh, first, though, I want to show you... Um, this clip, this is encouraging for you guys, those who support this podcast, uh, patrons, prayer warriors, all of you guys who signed the petition uh, about concerning Liberty University and concerns a, a parental group had about the teaching of social justice uh, and that kind of thing. Um, I want to show you this clip. This is a recent um, clip from Jonathan Falwell. So he's the son of Jerry Falwell, who founded Liberty University, and um, and this is just for those who don't know. This is the petition. I, I plug this on the program. Ask Liberty University to release a statement on biblical justice, and it looks like almost fifteen hundred people signed this. And um, you know, essentially says, let's add this to the faith statement because we're concerned. It was very nicely uh, worded. Uh, I mean, this is the template, in my opinion. If you have an institution that is starting to go this direction, or you see signs of it, which I think every institution just about has signs of this. Um, if they're, <laughs> if if they have any size whatsoever, someone in there is going to want to be pushing this. And this is a, just a really great way you can go about, I think, um, sounding the alarm while being um, concerned and nice about it. Uh, and so you can go look at that. I've talked about it in another episode. So this was signed by many of you a few weeks ago, and um, looks like people are still signing it. So here's what happened. Two things to encourage you that have happened since then. Number one, uh, I noticed this. Uh, no, that's not it. <laughs> I noticed this. Here we go. This is from the Liberty Champion. This is the school's newspaper. And the school's newspaper, from, from everything I know, is pretty solid. You know, It's always been. I don't think there's been a question there. But they put this out on November 16th. Opinion, social justice is not the same as biblical justice. And there is a whole article here by someone named uh, John Simmons Jr. I'm assuming that is a student. Oh, the page doesn't exist when I click it, so I'm not sure who that is. But um, but anyways, that was put out uh, by the, the school newspaper. Then you have this clip from Jonathan Falwell. Check this out. I've heard in the last couple of weeks, in the last couple of months, individuals that have shared with me that they're concerned that liberty is going to go the wrong direction, that liberty is going to turn left and it's going to become liberal and it's going to become, uh, you know, an institution that kind of falls into the politically correct realm. Well, listen, part of that video that you heard tonight, we put it in there for on, on purpose and for a reason. When you heard my dad say that if a year from now or 10 years from now or 50 years from now, if someone comes along and they're watching that video and hearing my dad speak and they look at Liberty University and it's gone off the rails and it's gone left and it's gone liberal and it's gone wild and it's walked away from the inerrancy of scripture and it's walked away from the gospel and it's walked away from its original mission and vision. You heard what my dad said. He said this, burn the place down. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if Liberty ever goes that direction, I'll be the one to light the match. All right, so this was uh, put out there by Jonathan Falwell, who is, uh, like I said, the son of Jerry Falwell, who founded the school, brother to Jerry Falwell Jr. Most of you know who that is. 
He pastors Thomas Rue Baptist Church. Now, look, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's questions that are come my way. You know, does Jonathan Fall really understand the insidious and subversive nature of the critical theories? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would assume probably not in detail. Most people uh, don't. Uh, and uh, But it's still, nonetheless, this is an encouraging thing to see this. There's someone there who at least acknowledges, I've gotten some complaints. And you know what? I'm going to treat those complaints the way they should be treated um, as legitimate. And I'm just going to tell you, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Even now, I don't know where this is all going, but look, that's, that's more than I can say for pretty much any other Christian institution. I mean, look what's happening with Southern Seminary. I mean, it's all, if you're in the Southern Baptist Convention, it's like you, you raise a concern and it's like you get attacked um, and, you know, it, it's always uh, hide whatever the issue is or don't talk about it. Pretend it didn't exist. I mean, this is so different. And I just want to encourage you guys uh, who have been um, in this and were concerned about Liberty University. I'm not saying not to be concerned anymore, but um, you have someone that at least is willing to listen there. And uh, so um, that was very encouraging. Now on to the uh, topic at hand. Uh, which is uh, an important one to me, and I'm going to try to demonstrate to you why I think it should be uh, important to you as well. Is America an idea, or is, an America, is America a place? Or some people could say a people, you know, a place, people, that kind of thing. And, and this is really the difference here is between, it's, it's between artificial and organic. Um, is this some abstract thing, like a Kantian idea, like, like something that exists just in the head? Like is America something that exists in the mind? Uh, and doesn't have any, re it, it, it only manifests itself as it is imposed from the top down um, abs by, by someone who is taking these abstract concepts and forcing them, or is America organically from the ground up a place where people settled, where things happened, where uh, different kinds of people brought different kinds of ideas and they grew up together and it just, it, it, it's happened over time with the providence of God and his sovereign hand. Which one is it? Or is it both? Some people have told me, oh, it's both. I don't think it can be both. Uh, we'll get into it though. So here, here I want to show you. So, you know, why should I care about this, John? Why, who cares? Here's something Bono said a few years ago. I want you to listen to this. America is, is, is not just a country. It's an idea. Ireland is a great country. But it's, it's, it's really proud to be Irish. It's not an idea. Great Britain is great. It's not an idea. America is an idea. And, and that idea sort of belongs to everybody who, who wishes to serve it. At least it, it strikes me like that. And when the American idea seems to fade um, or is under threat or is vulnerable, People feel it in a way they don't feel about other countries. And what was happening with um, with America in the 70s in Vietnam was people felt it was the end of, of, of America as this kind of idealistic idea. And the pain of that, the 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 sort of the torture of seeing the country torn apart, racial division, political division, 
lives lost fighting war they didn't really understand uh, or feel was any of their business. It was a real low point for America. And Jimi Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner was a an incredible exorcism for not just Americans, but for all of us who who love America. So there you have it. Jimi Hendrix played the electric guitar, probably high on drugs, and was was he was able to exercise the demons out of America for the whole world because America is just an idea. Notice how mystical and spiritual that is. Uh, you know, using even that term exorcism, and and how um, borders don't define it, people don't define it, culture doesn't define it. Really, it's just an idea. It's something that can just exist in the head. You can nuke America off the face of the planet. Doesn't exist anymore. The people there could be replaced by Martians, and you'd still have America if it was just this idea. And the idea is equality, essentially. Uh, I'll show you that. Um, but this this is um, is kind of ridiculous if you if you really think about this for two seconds. Okay, Ireland's a country, Great Britain's a country, but America's an idea. No, I can actually give you like the border of the like there there is a country. People actually the same way they went to Ireland, they had to get there somehow. They went to America. People traveled there. Uh, they established, um, as an extension of families, governments. That's, you know, read Albion Seed. I'm going to plug that at the end by David Hackett Fisher. It, it organically formed over time. And it's not something that you can just put on paper and, and say, well, uh, this, you know, this three by five card, I have America. This is America right here. Um, well, no, there's, there's, you know, that's like saying, um, you know, your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or your husband, you know, you're just an idea, but you know, you're a great idea, special idea, but an idea, they, they probably, if your wife would probably slap you, uh, they're not an idea and you can't encapsulate everything about them in a poem on Valentine's day. You can get a lot of things right, but, um, organic things are things you recognize when you see them and you know them, you, you, you cause you see it. Um, you can read about it, you can get a sense for it, but you can't quantify all of it. It's changing. That's what organic things do. Uh, even the nation of Israel, think about this biblically. If there's any nation, any country that would have the status of having a spiritual or mystical component, it'd be Israel. Uh, I mean, literally, we're going to have the, the New Jerusalem is going to come down from the sky. But guess what? It's got borders. Uh, it excludes people because it's got a particular religion. It's got a particular law that's laid down. And even with all those things, Israel ch changed over time. We, we have the historical record. Uh, look at the, the country called Israel today. It's a lot different than what you read about in Scripture as well, right? Is there a, con a connection between the two? There is. Is there a connection um, between the Israel that was in captivity, the people, and the Israel under Moses? Yeah, there is a connection. Are they the same Israel? In some sense, yes. But... Are, is it all just an idea? Israel is just this idea. The only way you can say anything is an idea is that it, it is an idea insofar as in the mind of God, this thing uh, existed before and God said, let there be light. God created. God is the only creature in the universe who is able to create from the abstract, from the realm of ideas to the physical, to, the, to, to put it into reality, okay? Humans don't have that. And when you start saying that America is an idea that belongs to humans 
and and um, it's in the minds of humans, it becomes this malleable thing. You can just tweak and shape, and you get the right to say, well, it wasn't really America when we were fighting Vietnam. There's demons, uh, and uh, and we need to get back to the idea of America. Um, and so Ireland and Great Britain, I guess, just you know, other countries don't have this. They're they're not. Uh, they don't have principles. They don't have governments that work off of laws. They don't have. Um, it's just America that has this shining city kind of ideal. Well, let's keep going here. Let me show you some other things. And I, and I know some of you are thinking, wait, I, I've heard conservatives use this language. And it's one of the reasons I'm making this video. I kind of think Dinesh D'Souza might have been one of the starters of this. I, my suspicion is um, it, it's a Straussian concept that came through like Harry Jaffa to Dinesh D'Souza. I'm not sure what the lineage is, but yes, I think it is the Dinesh D'Souza types, the neoconservative types who have started really using this language. But it didn't come from conservatives. It wasn't something that the right, this isn't something that founders would have even recognized. And I, re I realize a lot of us have said this probably in a well-meaning way, but I, I just want to, I want to challenge you a little bit on this and think through the, you know, the ramifications of it. So um, here, here's another, I want to read this to you. This is from a book called The Coming Prosperity, which is, I think was in 2010 or so uh, by Philip um, Our, I think I'm Our Schwald. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's an academic. Um, and, and he quotes from a book. I, I figured I'd show you this tweet from 2012. The book he quotes from is by Richard Florida. It's called, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, oh, I didn't put the title down here. It's about the Great Reset. It has the Great Reset in the title. Uh, I think it's called Great Reset yeah, by Richard Florida. And Philip Arschwald says, um, the great, great Reset is occurring at the local micro scale as national level works against the current propping up the old order. And he quotes him this this great reset in the coming prosperity now remember the great reset is in a new concept it's been around for a little while uh now we all ha are hearing about it but here's here's a passage from his book listen to ask ask yourself if this sounds familiar this is from like 10 years ago resource scarcity is a problem climate change is a problem denial of human rights is a problem the lack of opportunity for youth one key source of the Sex Pistols frustration with Britain of the 1970s is a problem. But globalization has the word global in it for a reason. It means that everyone's in. Inclusion. We've got a problem. The problem is us. We're all part of the traffic. That's the bad news. The good news. Now, notice the, again, mystical gospel kind of language here. So that's the bad news. What's the good news? So is the solution. The exceptionalism that matters for the 21st century is a, an exceptionalism of possibility. The practically collaborative possibilities each of us brings to solve problems, of which we're a part. Humans are going to save themselves, guys. That's what he's saying. Humans are going to save themselves. And, and, what, and what are the problems again? Resource scarcity, climate change, denial of human rights, sin problems even. Humans are going to save themselves by working together. Does this sound Tower of Babel? Does this sound Great Reset? This was like 10 years ago, this guy's saying this. All right, so, so let's keep going here. Well, how does America fit into this? The exceptionalism that matters for the 21st century is an exceptionalism of possibility, collaborative possibilities each of us brings to solving problems of which we're a part. Problems, what you gonna do? That's what opportunity in the age of entrepreneurship is about. And that's why it's the key to the coming prosperity. So things are going to get better, guys. We're going to coming prosperity. It's the title of the book. Entrepreneurship doesn't just mean building new companies. Entrepreneurship means connecting to a problem. 
and by so doing, connecting to a solution. If America is truly exceptional, it is because America is not a place. It is an idea. It is an idea that changes, adapts, and evolves. At its man-on-the-moon best, the last America was magnificent, but it had its problems. And in any event, it's gone. The less time each of us spends building levees against inexorable tides of change, the better off we will all be. So don't resist, guys. Appreciating the nature of the coming prosperity may not in itself constitute a plan for the future, but it may be possible to suggest to us a next idea, a next promise, a next possibility, a next America. What did I want you to hear from that? Here's what I wanted you to hear from that. What this individual, this, this academic is saying 10 years ago, is that America, because of the, the fact that it's an idea, it's malleable to changes, namely the Great Reset. Because what the left can do is constantly criticize America for all its shortcomings and say it doesn't live up to its idea. It's ideal. So what's the solution? We need to come together uh, globally, not just America. That's what he said, around the world. We need to come together to solve problems. One of those problems is all the issues America had. But thankfully, because those issues don't define America, America's just an idea, then it's, it's this standard of perfection that we can try to attain. And this is exactly what the global elites are doing. This is exactly what leftists do. Uh, and it's, it's a way of guilting and shaming and then offering redemption. And the redemption is you have to come along with us. You have to do what we want you to do. It's antithetical to Christianity. Every country has problems. You can't build a utopia. There is no such thing. Tower of Babel was the first time this was tried and there is no uh, attempt since then that has been successful. Socialism is predicated on this idea. And now that we have a globalized socialism, it's going to be on steroids. Impossible. Christian worldview, Christian teaching, Christian documents, the Bible, the 66 books, prove to us, show to us, example after example of this failing. They teach us that this is not able to happen. So you, if you believe in sacred scripture, you believe man is evil, you believe everything man touches is going to have evil. There is no way. You have a country and it formed, this is the way that it works in the real world. The country forms organically and a country is going to have problems. Insofar as a country repents and by the grace of God follows the precepts of God, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. But no nation is perfect and it never will be. And striving for perfection is uh, the problem with all leftist utopianism. And it's been that way um, for a long time. I'm going back to even to Jean-Jacques Rousseau. So, so this is the kind of thing that leftists have been saying for a while. Um, I want to contrast this with you uh, for a moment um, with a farewell address. This is George Washington, and this is what he said. He said, with slight shades of difference, you have the same religion. He's talking to the, the America. You have the same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. You have in a common cause fought and triumphed together. The independence and liberty you possess are the work of joint councils, joint efforts of common dangers, sufferings, and successes. So what's George Washington saying here? 
yep, we came together, right, to solve a problem. He's talking about the American uh, War for Independence. But what does he recognize in that? Slight shades of difference. You have what? The same religion, manners, habits, and political principles. You're not just part of this abstract idea. You're not uh, all striving for some abstraction of perfection. You all saw, uh, even though you had differences, and he goes on after this talk about the North and the South and their differences, even though you had differences, you were able, as real people, to come together to fight uh, for mutual interest. You formed an alliance. And one of the reasons for that is because you had what? Same religion, same manners, same habits, same political principles. There was enough in common that you had to form that alliance. These are things that come from real people groups. Real, think, think about even just, go, go, I always try to get people to understand nations by tracing it back to families. Think of families, differences between families. Families can work together. Some families can't because there's just too many differences. Um, even when you're, you're getting married to someone, sometimes the differences are just too much. You can't marry someone who's not part of your, um, if you take your religion seriously, you can't marry someone who's not part of your faith and have a successful marriage. Uh, you can't marry someone who has completely different principles on economics and have a successful budget, right? So you have to have some things in common, some common ground. It's the same thing with peoples, with nations. There have to be things that draw them together. Diversity is not the strength. Um, it's actually, it's unity that's the strength. And the unity that we have, the, diverse, the diversity has to be a diversity that uh, comes together and says, I have different, um, kind of like the diversity of 1 Corinthians 12, the body of Christ. I have different skills but I have the same what? Religion, manners, habits, political principles. I mean, these are the things that George Washington said are the important things that bind us together. And those are organic guys. Those are things that are, uh, these aren't just ideas that are sitting on hard drives. These aren't abstract things. These are real things. Um, real things that you do, uh, that you, you work out in your everyday life, that you're taught and, and that culture kind of filters to you. Now, um, I want to show you one more. We're going to read one more thing. And then I want to show you the clip that sparked the Twitter controversy I was in. Little controversy, but this, this is, this is a, something I want to read for you. This is from Boyd Cathy, uh, who is, um, he's retired. He used to teach at uh, I believe, or he was an archivist in, in North Carolina. Um, and he uh, was an assistant to Russell Kirk. For those who know Russell Kirk, who wrote The Conservative Mind. Boyd Cathy said this in 2019, so last year. That narrative is that America was founded on an idea. That idea was equality for all. America, according to both the progressivist left and neoconservatives who dominate the conservative movement, is a propositional nation based on the nebulous idea of equality. Now, what he's saying there, propositional nation, he's, he's referencing the Gettysburg Address, and he's right about this. When Abraham Lincoln said uh, that, you know, we're founded on the idea, uh, that America's founded on the proposition, right, abstract there, that all men are created equal, then he kind of, that has been the hook that progressives have used since then to reduce America to, well, America's just about equality. You can go to the Middle East in countries that don't have what George Washington just said we have in the United States. They don't have a base for uh, having a Republican form of government, perhaps. But because America's just this idea that everyone's equal, you can plant America no matter where you want to anywhere in the world. That's the nation building thing. That's the neoconservative thing. You just take it, 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 America and put it anywhere. 
because uh, it's just this idea that people are equal, right? And it, it's become an egalitarian equality and more and more egalitarian as time goes on. Now, you know, everyone, you know, genders are even equal and so forth. So, so this is, um, th this is actually, it, Lincoln didn't even believe, Lincoln, Lincoln would have, Lincoln didn't believe that even races were equal. Um, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, ethnicities. Uh, Lincoln didn't even believe that. The founders, uh, certainly read the Declaration of Independence, which Lincoln is even quoting from, and it, it's a poetic flourish. It's not an abstract kind of legal document, but the Declaration of In Independence, um, if you read through it, I mean, it talks about uh, savages and other countries and, and, and kind of and how the king used them and, and that wasn't good. And it, I mean, it's total. I mean, today, if you wrote something like that, it'd be total nationalist. It would be considered racist. I mean, that's what the Declaration of Independence would be if Donald Trump wrote it. Right. Thomas Jefferson wrote it at a time uh, when people, no one in his time period, I mean, hardly anyone uh, would have thought, oh, Thomas Jefferson is saying that we're all egalitarian equal. No, what was going on? What was going on was the whole document is about we're British. We have our rights as British people, British citizens. Uh, we, we're in the colonies, but all men are created equal. We're under the same law. That's what he's saying. And, and, and you have violated that. So he's, he's, he's hearkening back to their rights as British people, but more than that, to what was behind that, the principles upon which the British law, the British common law system uh, based itself on. So that's what he is appealing to. Um, he is not making a cry that everyone's equal. I mean, women couldn't vote back then. That, and that wasn't even controversial. So I'll, I mean, I could go on, but look, here's, here's the thing. The Declaration of Independence didn't really mean what Lincoln kind of insinuated, that we were just founded on this proposition. But people since Lincoln have been taken this, Lincoln's kind of misreading of the Declaration, and then applied it to all kinds of things. And th this is where conservatives say, well, we believe in the equality of um, you know, opportunity and liberals believe in the equality of outcome. There's sort of some truth in that. But honestly, here's what the Declaration of Independence meant, our founders, equality before the law. That's what they're talking about in the Declaration of Independence. That's what Thomas Jefferson is talking about, equality before the law. The law judges equally. And so even if you live in North Carolina and if you live in Great Britain, you have the same common law tradition and your rights can't be violated just because you live in North Carolina. And so it, it had nothing to do with even equality of opportunity. Conservatives have tried to take equality of opportunity and not everyone has that, by the way. Um, and, 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 and so there's, there's even sort of a fight for the definition of that. Some conservatives will say, well, that means, uh, you know, that everyone has an equal shot. Um, because the, the, the coach, you know, or the, um, the referee is just the, sort of an equality before the law idea. The referee is going to treat everyone the same before the law. And that we can, we can get behind. But then others have taken that to say um, that there are things that we, we don't want necessarily equality of outcome because everyone is different. We don't want to force that. But we want to kind of till the soil so that people uh, who, you know, are born in abject poverty and people who are born in you know, an affluent area uh, have exactly the same shot. They have equality of opportunity. Well, that doesn't exist. Not everyone has the same shot. And many people who became affluent uh, did so because they had barriers they had to overcome. It caused them to work hard and it made give them dignity when they did get to that point. So um, I, I don't buy that idea. If, that's in the, if you believe in equality of opportunity in that sense, that's not a conservative idea. 
And that has sort of made its way into the conservative um, movement, if you want to call it that, the, the right in this country. And, um, and of course, the left believes in equality of outcome, uh, opportunity and outcome, and their idea of equity is uh, egalitarianism on steroids. Uh, we just you, we have to um, put barriers in front of people who have more and uh, opportunities, and we have to um, uh, you know redistribute uh, wealth and privilege and these kinds of things to those who don't. Socialism, that's what it is. So anyway, getting back to Boyd Cathy here, um, he says, according to this version of our history from the beginning, that idea was perverted by evil white men. And even more, by evil slaveholders who prevented America from living up to its ideals. Unlike the Puritans of Massachusetts, most of the, the new Americans did not come to these shores to establish some new city of God, some new shining city on a hill, to quote John Winthrop. Their goal was not to establish an egalitarian utopia. Rather, they brought with them their customs, their folklore, their music and arts, their religion, which were uniquely theirs, their inheritance. And as they moved west across the Appalachians and across the Great Plains to the Rocky Mountains, they carried that culture with them, giving body to the American nation. And I think he's absolutely right in this. That is the difference. And that is, that's why I'm so proud to be an American, uh, because I, I don't see this country as, um, I don't see it as, obviously God is in control and he um, I, I don't think there's accidents in history. I think God is behind uh, the, what we're leading up to, the culmination of all things. But that being said, I'm proud to be an American because I know there are real people. My family's in that, your family's in that, who came from other places, most of which, well, all of them had to have at some point. And, and they came here and it was hard. And, and what they did was they carried their, their traditions from other places to this country, whether uh, it was slaves from Africa, uh, you know, those who were persecuted in Europe, like my ancestors were, who fled to the shores of the United States, uh, or wherever. I mean, I met people uh, last weekend from North, parents, one of them, their dad was from North Korea. And they came here and it was a struggle and they built something. Um, real people who, uh, like Boyd was saying, and like George Washington was saying, uh, who brought with them their religion, who brought their culture, who brought their folklore, all these things to make America what it is. And different regions, what they are, to shape them. And it, it wasn't, it, it, unlike the, the sort of the Puritan mindset, political mindset, I'm not talking about the theology, guys. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Unlike that mindset, which was essentially the idea that we're going to come here to establish this shining city, this almost this utopia, uh, most of the people who came here uh, were not here to establish utopia. And even the Puritans who did, I mean, they didn't end up establishing utopia. Um, uh, many of them weren't even in the John Winthrop vein. So um, anyways, it's not an abstract thing that we're supposed to just be constantly living up to and constantly failing at. Uh, it's a real place. It is the difference between a farm and a stagecoach. I mean, America is a farm. It's the, it gets dirty on the farm, and there's different. But 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 you're happy on the farm. <laughs> you get to uh, you get to eat, you get to live, and it's a, an overall a pretty good place. And I think America is the best farm. Um, but it's not a stagecoach of this mission that we're going to somehow 
accomplish this insanely great thing and usher in peace for all of mankind. We can't do that, guys. We just live to the best of our abilities in the country we're in and in the life that we have. And uh, I do agree with Reagan. We are the last best hope for mankind in a sense because we, we were able to hold on to freedom uh, because we were a more religious people for so long. But those days are twilighting. In fact, it's getting dark. And if we are going to restore the United States, it's not to pound the drum for equality. It is to get back to personal repentance and worshiping the God who made us. That is the only way to get back on track because we will never be able to achieve anything we set out to do apart from the blessings and the wisdom of the creator and following his principles. We just can't do it. That, that's uh, a humanistic, um, it's an exercise in futility is what it is. So, so now that I've kind of laid a groundwork uh, for you, uh, here is the, the controversy and I'm going to play for you uh, this video. This is um, James Carville. He is a, um, a uh, I guess, Democrat strategist, worked with the Clintons, a pretty famous guy. And, and so I had teased out on November 21st, here's a, uh, a shot of it here. I had teased out this, um, America is not an idea, it is a place and a very special one. And I got some pushback <laughs> from some people. How can you say that, right? And hopefully you understand now why I did say it. Now, um, this is the clip, though, I was thinking of. And I, I waited a few hours to post it. And because people are saying, isn't that a conservative thing to think America is just this idea? And I want you to hear, this is now relating directly to Donald Trump. And it's going to explain for some of you who have scratched your heads why I voted for Trump this time around a little bit. Here's what James Carville said. It's not idea is not just to defeat Trump. You have to defeat Trumpism. You have to defeat the idea that the United States of America is a place and not an idea. And that we're all fighting and it's white people fighting against non-white people and men fighting against women and, I don't know, gay people fighting against non-gay people. And it's just call him on it. The country does not want him back. So according to James Carville, Trumpism is the idea that America is a place where people are just bickering and fighting and trying to adjudicate their differences through a political process, apparently. And it's so terrible that people are bickering with one another. Well, that's just human nature. That happens no matter where you are, even in a family. There's going to be differences of opinion. People are going to bicker. And it, we need a system that uh, enforces the rule of law, enforces the principles God has laid down in order to adjudicate those things. If that goes away, then we adjudicate them through, unfortunately, force, and we, it becomes might makes right. But we are a nation of laws. We're a country of laws. And that is what America has been, should be. Now, um, James Carville, then, what's the alternative? He wants the idea that uh, America is just an idea, that it's just this abstract thing. And that would be, I guess, a place where people aren't fighting with each other, where they're not trying to adjudicate their differences politically. If that's the case, then that's just like every communist government that's existed where the people aren't free to voice their complaints and differences and grievances. Instead, it's whack-a-mole if they say anything. So they stuff it, keep it to themselves. And look, there's no conflict in Soviet Russia because we're all on the same page. Yeah, because you have guns keeping it that way. That, that's the kind of world that James Carville is. Um, he's telling us, guys, that's where they're going. That's what they want. And look at the passion he has. He hates the idea that America is a place with borders. Imagine that. Uh, to protect itself and its own citizens. And this is the thing, guys. This is, this is one of the things that defines Trump 
uh, and I didn't even realize this quite at first, and I, I'm, I get it now. Um, one of the things about Trump that made him unique was that he fought for his political principles that he wanted to enact. He fought for them. He wasn't like a lot of other Republicans. He's a fighter. Okay, got it. But there's something else. Donald Trump actually loves the people of the United States. Real people. All kinds of people. Different people. But he seems to actually want to do what's best for them. And he doesn't, he's not in love with abstract principles like equality. He's not just in, he, he's actually looking at the condition of people. Listen to his answers. Whenever you hear um, the question brought up, what are you doing for the black people? You know, what are you doing for this minority or that minority or women? And what does Donald Trump usually say? He points to tangible, real things. Here's what I did. Uh, black unemployment is at the lowest it's ever been. Um, we, this is what I've, I've given, you know, money that we've given to black colleges, etc. Not that the government should do that, but that's what Trump's saying. It's real tangible things. You know what he doesn't do? What the Democrats do. Democrats basically point to their pedigree of what they believe. It's called the virtue signal. They say, well, this is my position on this. And they don't point to black people are doing better. Uh, to them, um, it's all about punishing. It's all about revenge. It's all about we reform the police. We're, we're, doing, we're doing all sorts of these, these um, other things, but they're, it's completely unrelated to the condition of people living in these urban areas, uh, black people living in urban areas. Or, um, I mean, not, not all black people live in urban areas, but the Democrat Party seems to, that, that's what they are referring to whenever they say black people, it seems like. And, and, and so they don't, don't point to that. Trump does, because Trump believes this is a place with people that will have actual needs that actually bicker with each other. It ain't perfect. That's America. And this is the same thing I've even seen in churches. Um, the churches that are, put more emphasis on ecclesiology, I've noticed especially. Uh, and I've seen this. I mean, you know, some of the churches that are really, you know, like nine marks churches sometimes can, can get this way. I'm not saying all churches are like this. And if you ever use nine marks, I'm not saying it's bad. Okay, there's good stuff. I'm not. So don't get me wrong here. But I've noticed this tendency to treat the church that same way. It's like it's an abstract thing, this perfect thing. Look, in, in, when, when, when Christ comes back, when, when we're in heaven, when you know, the bride is purified, got it. That's something Christ does. That's not something we do. That's why we're not called to diversify the church and bring everyone from tribes, tongues, and nations in our local assembly, something that Christ does at the end. Um, th this, some people say this is the one kingdom, two kingdom thing. Well, I think it's the utopian thing, trying to do the kingdom of God on this earth and reducing the church down to this abstract thing where you have pastors now who are trying to match some kind of model they heard from an expert uh, instead of paying, being, being in love with books, theology books from these experts, instead of the sheep, loving the sheep and the sheep bite and they get stuff in their fur and you got to shear them and they run off and they stray and wolves come and you got to shoot those wolves and they, they're annoying and they're dumb and they bite you and, and like, okay, that's life with the sheep. What did you expect? That's what pastoral ministry is, guys. So being a public servant in political offices, guys, what did you expect? And the, the best thing you can do is to lead those people, those citizens, those sheep, is to teach them the, the law of God, to teach them the way that God, the, the user's manual for the world that we live in. That's the only way that we're going to get back on track in this country. It's not going to be through trying to um, put everything through the grid of whether or not it matches some abstract idea of equality that originated in the minds of humans who want to build a utopia that they can't possibly build.
So this is why I stay away from the idea that America itself is an idea. I don't talk about it. I don't say it. I don't say America is an idea because I know where it comes from and I know where it leads. So I hope that was helpful for you. It's not a, it's not a conservative idea. Uh, and I, I would argue it's not even really a, a biblical idea. Now, um, some resources for some of you, because this is heady stuff, and I get that. Here's some things that you can read, and I'll put some links in the info section if you want to go check some of this stuff out. The Heresy of Equality, Bradford Replies to Jaffa by Mel Bradford. Uh, there, That's free online, so I'll have the link for it. Um, it's written on a college level, um, but it's about the Declaration of Independence and the Gettysburg Address and kind of how even supposed conservatives have now um, misread these things. Um, the Albion Seed is another book, Four British Folkways in America by David Hackett Fisher. So he traces um, basically how British people formed uh, the, um, it was the, those kinds of people that came here and formed kind of the pattern we see uh, legally and culturally in the United States. And so it, 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 it's kind of the opposite of this. It's just an idea. It's like, no, this came from a region. It's from the soil. It's organic. And then you got two types of American individualism by Richard Weaver, and that's in an anthology. I'm going to link, you probably have to buy it, but um, great essay at just understanding uh, people, you know, you hear a lot of leftists talk about, well, it's, you know, American individualism, such a problem. Well, what kind of individualism are you talking about? Are you talking about the community-based individualism that America was really more started on? Or are you talking about the more abstract um, libertarian individualism? And uh, I think Richard Weaver uh, gives a great argument there. These are three things that can help you understand kind of more what America is, how it became what it is, and reject this, I, this notion that it's this malleable concept that we can wield as a tool to get people to do our will because they're not meeting the standard of what America is as defined by us. So hope you enjoyed that. God bless you. And uh, we will meet again very soon. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.